0: Of the Tin Talk Pod. I'm here with Hello Joey Barry Atua. Um how the hell are we doing? Can I get one of those cool intros like you do with our guests? You got one the first time and that's all I one you're gonna get. That's stupid. Stock down. Um <laughs> Sam's intros. I'm good. I just got back from uh vacation, Thanksgiving vacation at my family's my parents' house in California. We brought the dogs with us. Um, every update includes the dogs. I hope everybody knows that we flew with the dogs. They were very, okay They were fantastic at home, but on the plane, it was a little stressful. So I'm pretty exhausted today Yeah, but I'm glad to be back here at Boulder How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I was very upset that I stayed in Boulder over Thanksgiving I thought I was really being try hard, you know Staying over the holidays and then it just decided to absolute snow and dump and ice over on us. So a lot of treadmill running, so that was uh, pretty annoying. Uh, when I knew I could have been in California with you, also did Morgan go to California? No, Morgan stayed with me. I had Thanksgiving at uh, Brian Troy's house, and that was a ton of people. Mm-hmm. It's been growing every year. It's my third year going there for Thanksgiving. A lot congratulations. of congratulations, a lot of fun, uh, great, great foods. Wait, we're doing stock up, stock down in a second. But first. Any other things to report for this week before we move on? Any little tidbits? Oh, for the people. Oh, gosh. Uh, the snow's still sticking. I ran nine miles when I got back. Yeah. Uh, 30 minutes after eating Chick-fil-A today. Yeah. My stomach held on until about the last two and a half minutes. I've really lied to myself. And for sure, for people that have thought about moving here, that Boulder is a place that is really great for training because the snow melts so quickly. But when we lose Lobo and some of these trails, mm-hmm. Like some of the uh, go to easy run spots, it sucks. It was just last winter that sucked. And I hope this winter isn't the same because it was just cloudy the whole time. Yeah, for sure. So All right. Give me a breakdown of your training this past week for the people. Last week. Um yeah, so like last Monday, not this like yeah. What was the total mileage? Last last week was ninety three miles total. Woo! Yeah. A little bump up from the eighty 80- You gonna hit on this week? No, I don't think so. Just cause like we're on that 14 day cycle and the seven right. weeks always like a struggle to keep up with. Okay. You know, mileage from the first week Because first weeks like double threshold, big threshold, long run versus week two is just like a threshold and then a VO two max session. So it's just like, you got to pile on mileage where you don't really want to Yep. on that second week. And so I just try and balance it as much as I can. So I'm hoping to hit like 93 to 95 this week. Nice. Uh, yeah, we'll go quick. Yeah. Um, monday was the typical day before workout as i explained last episode um 10 and and 4-0 um or last week so we're slowly getting up to those 10 and 5 doubles um tuesday was first double threshold um of the week of one one of one um 10 by k in the morning i ran think like three probably like 316 down to 309 usually how it works out um it was pretty easy my lactate was a little too high at the end that was the thing that's the hard part about double threshold is like especially with this lactate testing yeah is that like read thresholds obviously like higher than mine like right now so you can run five minute pace or sub five minute pace and not feel a thing yeah versus once I start getting down like to five minute pace like I'm kind of going over my threshold. Well what do you what was the reporting? Uh I think it was like 2.1 after like seven or eight. That's perfect. After running like a three 12, 313 And then I ran a, we ran a three Oh nine last one. And I was like, four point something. So it's a spike, you know? Yep. Like that what you're trying to avoid for, for sure. We're trying to avoid. Yeah. So, uh, it was a little too high. So, um, but we nailed it in the afternoon, um, with Drew and I did, four uh, hundreds on, um, at sunset middle school, which is just down the street from where we're filming right now. Shh, 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 shh. Secret spot, secret spot, secret Stop spot. Stuck. Stuck up. I never have heard of it. Um, we did eight on the grass. We found a nice little grass loop that nice. I did. Um, and then 12, I did 12 on the track Drew to 16 total. So we did another um, eight on the track, and that was really fun. And it's just, it's got, I mean, it lives up to its name. It's got a beautiful sunset yeah. every time. So you got to go pretty damn early, though. Not really, not this time. I mean, the sun's setting later and later as we go. The first day, I literally went at like four, and it was, the sun was already setting. But last week, it was like, we finished... We at 3:30. We finished around 4:40 ish, and this uh, time this, we still had plenty of daylight. We had 10 minute, 10, 15 minutes of daylight left, so we we were getting time back. Um, Wednesday, easy eight. Thursday, uh, I flew home for Thanksgiving, so that was uh, a 6 a.m. flight with the dogs. So we had to check a bag. We had to check in the dogs. Like we had to go through the whole airport experience. It's like Walk straight in with your boarding pass and your carry-ons and TSA pre-check, like I usually do. Do the dogs get a full security uh, screening? What's here? We have, to, care, the we have there? to. You have to carry them through the security line. And Roxy and I were really scared, <laughs> especially about Dill, yeah, because it's just like he did great. He's fantastic in the airport. It was really? incredible. He dogs. just was so overwhelmed by that many people. He was like, I can't bark at as yeah, many saw dogs. He saw people, small children, like anything and yeah. anything that he would bark at, he did it, and it was incredible. But did you yeah. give him some like Advan before or what? He gave him a little CBD, a little little, little uh, penny. We'll call it CBD for, for the viewers at it was, home. It was a CBD treat. CBD starting treat. with T. Um, no, it wasn't THC. thing. <laughs> I don't think you actually let me do that. Um, and we gave him Benadryl. So, yeah. Dill Dil was feeling the Benny. Um, I bet there is definitely some, like, dog medication. Oh, yeah. I ordered some yeah, from the okay. vet. And I was like, the lady was like, if you want to pick it up, great. If not, we'll just have it here. And I was like, okay. Okay. So, um, just get the dog absolutely zoinked before the flight. Dude, he was so anxious. Like, I wonder if you took some of that out of that. I should have. Some, some, some doggy Dil- prescription. you'll Dil- need some, like, <laughs> beaver tranquilizer to settle <laughs> down. Dill's great in the airport. Fig's bad in the airport, and then that's the opposite on the plane. Fig sleeps on the plane. Dill's like rustling around, whining all the whole time. It's super. We were we came prepared. You don't put Dill just in the shirt and just done. They they yelled at me, Really? the dog out. Yeah, they were like the dog has to be in the carrier the whole time. I was like this is tragic. I mean, full flight, whole flight, yeah, dude. Every single flight is completely full. It is no, sorry, crazy. sorry. I thought you said all flight. No, neither of the flights were full. We got our oh. own row both times, which oh. is good. Yeah, that was really nice. All right. But yeah, um, running at home is fantastic. I have like a really big trail system half a mile away from my house that I love running at. It's super hilly. You're going to climb a 1,000 feet everywhere. Where's them? Belmont, California. City of Champions. Shout out. Crystal Springs Cross Country Course. Stock up. Um, (laughs) I ran 70 minutes on. This is good. This is how we speed it up is we just drop in stock up yeah. stock downs during the other segment that's how we're going to shorten yeah, it, right this podcast and we're done um so 70 minutes i mean you your average slow when you run it it's called water dog lake um a lot of climbing a lot of ups and downs switchbacks so you're running slow so i ran i didn't even hit 10 miles for 70 minutes on thursday friday i did a threshold workout on the track seven by mile at threshold i think i started like five fifteen, 15 i got down to 508 on the last one which is good this is at Carmont High School, if anybody's wondering. Lane one is three hundred and ninety-two meters. So you have to run in lane. Up. You have to run there's a sign on the tractors. You have to run in lane four. It's four hundred and one meters. Imagine those kids just thinking there's hot shit. That's where I ran my middle school races growing up. I bet you PR'd every single time. I've <laughs> I was like, I run so much faster. It's like B U. Yeah. Um, and then just like a four mile double on the treadmill, listen to the last Tin Talk episode. Um Saturday, another eight through Water Dog. Took over an hour, so that was great. 1,100 feet of climbing. Sunday was a good one. 15 miles um, out on the Bay Trail in Foster City. I'm um, 622 average. Just a couple sub-sixes, the last one. Woo! Um And no double, because I hit the miles I needed to hit, and I knew that if That's I hit good. the seven last week, I wasn't going to hit 97 this week. That's a good feeling. So that was that was my week. It was really, really productive, and... Um, couldn't get the lifts and then I needed to get in, which really sucked. Yeah. Um. Because my sister was gone and she usually takes me to Planet Fitness where she goes <laughs> and I get a free guest pass. Yeah. So that sucked. But um, everything else was spot on. Nice. Let's hear your week. All right. Uh, Monday was, so I was 60, what was I? Uh, 63. Oh, this actually says I was 69.6 miles last week. But it, there is yeah. no, oh, I think this is, this is saying the last seven days. Wow. That's awesome. Um, to Strava, yeah, I'm going to Strava now. Oh, you're so unprepared. Yeah, I am. Uh, oh, this sucks. 67 miles. I was 67 miles last week, which is big, big for me. Gonna hopefully break 70 this week. My Strava map looking real nice. Just climbing up that hill. Oh, it's so pretty. And I did 65 minutes, nine miles on Monday. Then I did. A swim in the afternoon and in the morning I did, I really need to start remembering these workouts so I can just rattle them off. I did K repeats with the boys and then I did the next day I did an 8.7 mile run. This was with a a recruit that was in town Mm. and he dropped me. I remember I was there. On the hill? Oh, you were with me on this run? I got dropped in mile two. That's right, I ain't doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran 21 miles. If you want to figure out who it is, you're going to have to go to my Strava and see because we collab post. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. That was, yeah. He was running an Alpha Flies the whole time. I expected it because he dropped, he, like, ran eight miles at, like, 620 pace with Antonio. Yeah. The night before. And that was Antonio's double. Yeah. He was like, I might as well keep going. Yeah. He ran eight miles for a double at 620 pace. And then he took the day off the next yeah. day. Which like, is, also he's pretty like, also like, my knee funny. hurts. I, was, yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Moron. Uh, great run up until the last Niwot Hill. I've yeah. never seen someone run up that hill so quickly. That's incredible. And I just got gapped inc- so badly. He was saving it. Thanksgiving Day. I was very upset that I didn't do a turkey trot. I felt silly for not doing a turkey trot on Thanksgiving. Like I should just jump in and get my run done as part of a turkey Mm -hmm. trot and be a part of the community. But 50 minutes, very lonely. Took it really easy hour bike in the afternoon by myself on Bobo Length. Next day I did, this is when we're stuck on the treadmill now, so 13 miles stuck on the treadmill. I did five by mile. I just caps locked 513 on the treadmill pace zoned out, and then I did another mile faster, but broken up to get to like six miles worth of threshold for the day. So that was a really big win for me. Uh, Definitely the Achilles stuff feels really good on the treadmill, having the consistent surface to run on. So that was nice. Next day, kept it easy on the treadmill, 7.6. I finished unbroken the movie. Sick. I realized how much it was a religious propaganda movie. It is big time religious. I didn't realize the first time I watched, I watched it. In it in was three weeks ago, yeah. And then, I mean, when he's holding the cross and yeah. it's like the shadow, and he's like pushes it up, you know. It's like I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is Jesus. This is the story of Jesus Christ. I went to Catholic school for way too long not to pick up the first reference <laughs> that they made. <laughs> uh unbroken amazing book incredible less amazing movie but still very good very good good to rip through two days worth of treadmill running did an hour bike in the afternoon and then sunday we ventured outside drew and i 12 miles from tom watson boulder res for a very very lackluster run unlike your 15 mile uh gallivanting run around california on the so yeah felt awful was really tight. That was a big week for me. So comeback is in full swing though. First time working out, first time doing the long run. I checked all my boxes. So I was really pumped about that. I'm telling you, a sixty to seventy mile week feels worse than an eighty to ninety mile week. All right. I will take your word for it. All right, right into the next segment. Stock up, stock down. Which one do you want to do first? Because you get you get the honors to kick us off with one of your stock up, stock down. Yeah, you already I'm going to do that because I know you have the same thing. Right? <laughs> okay. Did you look at mine? No, I didn't look at Okay. Yours. All right. Um, but I'm sure you already put it in there. I can't be scratching my <laughs> my bits when the camera's showing the whole thing. Um I'm still wearing my half ties for my run. This is Yeah. Uh Joey and I I doubled, ran my first double run today. Big mm-hmm. big and Joey lifted. So yeah. Joey decided not to shower. I decided to get a quick shower. In. But bad. uh for our YouTube viewers, you're welcome. <laughs> Had an itch. Um, stock up. Uh, BU, literally. They get $100. Oh, oh. Lights went off. Okay, next time we just got to ignore it. We got to keep talking. Tell her we'll wave it off. Okay. <laughs> every time the lights go off, we'll address it. But that's, that's for our YouTube viewers. And the their list. favorite thing is when the lights go off and then after every 15 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> um, stock up BU, literally, in terms of price. $100 to go run a 5K. No, it's $100? Entry fee to run the 5K is $100. Oh my God. I thought you would know that. I had no idea. 3 k is $75. Uh, yeah. You better, PB. I know. I mean, I know. I, I know. know. <laughs> That's crazy. Stock up big time. Yeah, that is stock up big time. Jordan Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah raking it in dude that's like that literally will fund the whole program they have like six meets yeah throughout the year like i mean our home cross-country meet at santa clara funded what we needed to do outside of scholarships like funded a travel budget wow that's awesome good for them good for them track meets where you can get 500 people to raise easy easy do the math 500 times 100 that's a lot of money that's that's big money that's a lot of money um I think uh, I, I also put, of course, BU stock up. And I also added, I threw in Kai Robinson in there mm-hmm. with my BU stock up because that guy is going to fuck people up now that he's back on the track. He was really good in cross. And he, if he's that close to these guys, I think once he gets his, his feet on the track, I don't think that that's he's logic. at his best. Or he's going to mess people up. He's Sorry. People up. Sorry. All right. Uh, we'll keep going stock up then. I said treadmills. Treadmills, unfortunately, stock up. Okay. Unfortunately, because that yeah, because I've been running on a fucking treadmill for the past week. Yeah. yeah, you have to invest in that. They're they're, they're up. Yeah. Invest now. I'm gonna or the winners start to set up a GoFundMe to have a better treadmill in my apartment complex. What did you think of the treadmill? Uh, worse than the one in my complex. Yeah, it's not very it's good. jakey. Yeah, I, know. I felt like I was getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to run straight in the middle. If you run on the left, it starts tilting to the left. Not good. It's not a fun treadmill. Yeah, yeah. stock down. Club's playing treadmills um my next stock up training in california it's great it's great training I, camp could be us training camp in california i loved it there's something about being the only like being in boulder is just like you're just another guy you know and that's <laughs> not You're big dog in california big huh? big dog big dog, big dog state champ yeah. back you weren't state champ not even close <laughs> i didn't even make state on the track except for the format four, of course um yeah, just, like, working on in the track. I went to the community college down the street from my house. Um, yeah, my th- you didn't want to go to— Stan- Yeah, no wonder you're feeling big dog. You didn't want to go to Stanford University, get rolled up on by the young brothers. And I went to Stanford in the morning. Yeah, you I did, did. I did my double threshold yesterday, Stanford, grass, and nice. nice. CS at College of San Mateo track, PM. Shout out. Shout out. Stock up, College of San Mateo. Call it Harvard on a hill, as they used to call it. That's <laughs> where my dad and my sister went. I did Not even in college. Um it's just like it was just so refreshing to be out there and just like I don't know, maybe it's just like I do sometimes I do really enjoy training by myself. Yeah. I'm like, it really helps me get some good momentum going. Yep. So stock up for me training in California. Nice. I said stock up Mary Kane's bank account. Got that Nike money in her in there now. <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean I she's been she's been through the ringer, but 20 million dollar settlement we don't know how much exactly she got of the 20 million original asking price but it's millions for sure yeah absolutely so stock up stock up mary Mary kane's bank account getting her back she she deserves every penny yeah that's a horrible situation and i'm glad i hope they came to some kind of resolution that where she's like okay i'm good with that yeah regard you know no amount of money i think could really Oh. make up for of that not. stuff. Of course not. However, quite literally, the amount of money you're being, Yeah. <laughs> um, stock up, 49ers. Oh, I said stock down 49ers. Ooh, you don't like my stock down. <laughs> 49ers are playing the Eagles this weekend. Oh, I that's watched. why I wore the... I was waiting for you to pr- pull up your Purdy jersey. I have watched a total of two quarters of 49ers football this so year. you are ready so i am prepared <laughs> i watched the game and they lost and i was like i gotta stop <laughs> yeah it was just the games that they didn't have trent williams and their whole offensive i wish you unit that fell was. apart yeah trent williams their <laughs> left tackle, all pro left tack okay all pro yeah all american <laughs> all right uh stock up spotify wrapped stories baby they're back. they're back <laughs> they're back i can't wait to see all the closeted swifties that was the big one, you know? <laughs> okay, man, okay. I said that wrong. I said that wrong. Just maybe people that aren't outwardly Taylor Swift fans, but then they're like, you know David, what? Screw Reed. it. Taylor Swift is so, the stock's so high. Yeah. People are going to love this. Reed sent us his Spotify rap in our group message yeah. today, and Taylor Swift was number two. And he's like, really? Christine was infiltrating my Spotify. Oh, he Damn. couldn't own up to okay. it. Come on, dude. Okay. Uh, some of my favorite Swifties that I saw today were Nico Young. Yep. Big old Swifty. Yeah. And then <laughs> number two, Kieran Tuntivate, my boy from Bowerman, also a big old Swifty. That checks out. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um super embarrassing. My fourth most listened to song this year was lighted up by Major Laser. <laughs> oh no. It was I'm like, you seriously can't be that. I seriously can't. I don't even like that song. <laughs> okay, we gotta play it right now. <laughs> it's so bad. It's I bad. one of my Spotify rap songs was this song that I heard when I was in Mexico and it's like King of the Bongos it's this very bad song yeah. but I listened to it on repeat maybe like 5 six ten times yeah and it got in my like top songs of the year and i was like oh that's that's bad that's bad. happens yeah like king of the bongos should not be in my top song what do you wish was your number one artist on spotify mine was fred again and that's about right considering Mm -hmm. that is the only artist we listened to for our hour-long drives down the mountain Mm -hmm. when we were at training camp last year so it all adds up yeah i really if you wanted to ask me i really mine was fred again as well but i really wished my number one artist was lady gaga no. I love every single Lady Gaga song, and I you, need to listen to her more. For my what t- is twenty four? What is are they? Are they called Gagas? What are they? Monsters? What are they? I don't care. I just love Lady Gaga. You are one. Love yeah. Uh, stock down. What do you got? Paying hundred dollars to run a five k. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these stock up stock downs do go together. There are that is what reasons. I'm. Yeah. I, yeah. I I do. don't have a lot of stock downs, but I have. This is actually my only good one. Is three thousand meters. Stock down. Okay. Milrose announced, yeah, yeah. sorry, 3K, 3,000 meters, whatever you want to call it. Milrose announced that they're doing a two mile this year. Josh Kerr headlining. Do you think it's not a get good it? year for 3,000 meters? Nobody's going to want to run it because it won't count towards any points. Oh, no, it's big. It's like big points. Two oh, mile, two mile miles Yeah, two mile accounts. A mile accounts. Yeah. Hey, stock up on the two mile accounts towards the 5K. For sure. For sure. They, they're. They're doing it for a reason. And it's partly because the points, other part because they want to get national records and have people understand the distance because Americans, unfortunately. What's the German national record in the two mile? I have no idea, but I'm sure it's Dieter Baumann. And I'm sure it's very fast. I don't think there's probably ever one indoors. So that's probably a. Are you going to race? You think you're going to. That is the plan for sure. So do the Milrose games. Yes. Can you help me get into, please? Absolutely not since I'm trying to get in also. And since Ray has so many athletes now, it's probably going to be so hard. Including me. Including you. Ray, stock up. Give me the Millrose. Ray, stock down or stock up? It's our decision. What do you think? Stock (laughs) up? (laughs) Millrose? For people that know, no, Ray Flynn is our agent. So Yeah. That's cool. Um, I don't have any good stock down. I have another stock down. It's uh, Joey's energy levels right now. After traveling, running, I'm doing lifting, good. and doubling, at the start of this podcast, you were—I you, was—you were sleeping. I was sleepy, <laughs> so sleepy, Uh I forgot one of my stock ups, and this was a good conversation starter: was stock up Bradley Cooper. This goes along with this. Did you see the clip of Bradley Cooper saying he was getting interviewed by like Howard Stern, and he said? if you could have like an Oscar winning like director acting thing or an Eagle super bowl victory, he said Eagle super bowl victory so quickly. And he said like, I'm sick, I'm sick, man. I'm sick about this. And I just got such a kick out of it. And it did get me thinking what I would give up in my running career for an Eagle super bowl victory. And I think I would take an Oscar. <laughs> I'm so <just>, cuz <'cause, laughs> that was the whole joke. Yeah. <laughs> um so, I'm so tired that when we right over my yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, stock up. Bradley Cooper, I don't think I would give up like a Milrose win for uh Eagles Super Bowl victory. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't give up much for a 49 ers Super Bowl victory. Yeah, they've already Eagles have already won one. That's the thing. If they had never won one before, it'd be way different. Yeah. But anyway, we have to move on. That's your stock up and stock down segment. Uh mailbag, we have some questions from our listeners. If you want to submit a question, look out day of, I'll be posting questions on the Tin Talk pod, Instagram stories. So next time get your questions in. What pro running team is your rivals? Question mark from justice V Kelly. And he also added roots question mark to really get our blood boiling. I'm too tired for my blood to boil. Uh, is roots are our, our enemies? Our rivals, pro rivals. enemies, rivals. Who do you consider your ri- our rivals, pro, running team, pro, pro rivals? running team, rivals? Roots isn't a bad one because I feel like it's like a friendly rivalry, but at the same time, like both of us like don't like the idea of losing to each other. Yeah, um, I consider I consider that a pretty good rivalry. I don't think there's like this isn't like nineteen 1980- eighty The thing about rivalries is like they, it has to be like a consistent back and forth that you're consistently competing against mm-hmm. those people, you know. And so, I really do think that, like, the most common team that we're racing against is the Under Armour Mission teams, you know? Mm-hmm. I would say we're racing them more often than not on the track in any yeah. given race, whether it's a steeplechase, 1500, 5K. We're always racing against that's those true. guys. Yeah. So, I would say that that's the team I would say. Um, they have so many guys. That's why. For sure, yeah. Uh, you got anything else? Oh, Teller, you moved the light. <laughs> There you go. That had to screw something up. Um, our rivals, I know. I don't. I don't. I think that's pretty good. The the Under Armour teams for sure. I feel like we're gonna be running into the Hoka guys, Hoka NAZ guys a lot more. Yeah. As we go, they're gonna clean house at Sound Running tomorrow. You I, saw their team. They brought everyone. Yeah, they're gonna be good. And no OAC there. They are gonna no team. white and elite. No Bowerman. It's just Charles Hicks solo. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's another stock down, European Cross. If Charles Hicks doesn't go over for European Cross, I don't think he was selected. I mean, I don't think he raced at British Champs. Yeah. That's a big stock down. Charles Hicks is a big name mm-hmm. for British athletics to not be racing EuroCross. Sure. Yeah. So that's I know great. you said that one last week, but um, all right. Well, because I knew. That's going to be our only question this week. We have a few more, but we have to move on because we promised this was only going to be 30 minutes before we get going on our guest We are going to quickly go through the TME as segment, which is, if you didn't tune in last week, it's a new segment where we basically have the, in our group chat, where we say Tin Man Elite as, as some erroneous thing, or it could be like Tin Man Elite as, last week we did Thanksgiving dishes, and we just associate a a dish with a person. This week, we're going to do college schools, programs, specifically programs that have running programs, you know. Uh, and once I just, I just picked from the teams I ran at NCAs. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did too. So we're gonna associate someone on the team with a team, a college school. Yeah, I butchered that. Anyway, um, teamy ass, hit it. You go first with Drew. Okay, Drew. I put Villanova. Villanova. Oh, did you? Oh, I thought you put Villanova too. I put Notre Dame. Notre Dame. That's a good one too. Touchdown, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> villanova is a good catholic school too yeah um i think so yeah 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 yeah. he's catholic yeah we're getting the thumbs up from our producer yeah um yeah uh i just that's a good pick too marcus marcus sullivan as a coach Mm -hmm. pure miler you know that's like it's close to where it's close to where he grew up in virginia i think it would have been a great choice for him for a school. Yeah, and really staple. Penn really staple. Yeah, he's yeah. Pen Relay's guy. Yeah. Notre Dame stocked down as true. <laughs> I'm out. Okay, next one. You. Me. I put Dub. go dogs. I put Tennessee. Nice. UT. I'll take that. I'll take I feel that. like you, you'd want to hi- hop on that Sean Carlson hype ever since he moved there yeah. pretty much last year, right? Yeah. So he's building a big program. And I feel like that's something that you'd be like, I'm excited about that. That's for problem. sure. Right now. For sure. I'm not uh, saying Andy Powell's out, but like they've just gotten so much recently. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's a little diluted now. No, I think Carlson's a great coach and uh definitely would have been loved to be coached by him, but NC State through and through never would have transferred and left Geiger. No way. Never. Yeah. All five years, baby. Yep. You get it. Connor. Connor. Okay State. No way, dude. He's a buff, bro. Those colors don't run. Are you kidding me? That is so bad. It's a hardworking That American. is That is such a bad one. That is definitely your worst one of this, this, this one. Oh, I, put, I got much worse. I put <laughs> Connor Winter B-Y-U. B-Y-U. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny to put Connor B-Y-U. Just distance, through and through, hardworking, yeah. white male. White male. Religious. He's not a Mormon, so that's kind of throws it off. But, you know, I thought that was funny. Uh, Reed, what do you got? You're going to not like. I'm a little self-conscious about mine now. Okay, State for Connor is very bad. You're bad. Stocked out in Sam and his <laughs> opinions. I put Portland for Reed. Just marathon you. I guess so. I'll take that. And I didn't want to put BYU. Okay. So I had to pick i take Portland. that. Mine is kind of a curveball now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. I put Yale. Yeah. Reed is, Reed's the way Reed is as, looks as a person like you just look at that guy you're like that's how right. I like, that's how I like he goes, I up with he goes he's yeah. Spartan he's analytical yeah. he's nerdy loves Harry Potter I feel like people like <laughs> yeah love Harry Potter <laughs> that's a great one did Yale run at NCAAs this year no but uh, there I don't think I don't think they have the greatest running program with the Ivy Leagues I know they haven't been to NCAAs in quite some time but I just thought of Yale with Reed, so I- Let's go with my gut. All right, let's go with you. <laughs> hit, hit me. Gonzaga. That's what I put. <laughs> Did you actually- I actually put Gonzaga as a joke because I thought it would piss you off that I put Gonzaga because I, whenever I bring up Gonzaga, you're always like- ban- UC Santa Clara. UC Sa- Where, you friend, Bronco, Santa- We're not my friend. Broncos. No Broncos. Santa Clara. Santa Clara University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't to UC. I said that because I think Santa Clara is just Gonzaga four years ago. We're like we're on the same trajectory. We're going to qualify for nationals yep. any day now. Um, just a hardworking program of a bunch of guys that <laughs> didn't break nine in high school. So all right, I have a really good one for Brogan. This is my most proud one. Okay, Austin's my favorite. <laughs> all right, uh, let's do Brogan. All right, I put Iowa State. That's good. That's good. That's kind of a cop out. Regional. Because he's from Iowa. You know, it's, nice. it's low hanging fruit. Time. Top to uh, out. I put Dartmouth. Dartmouth. I think Dartmouth is a great one. That'd just Vermont, good. cold. He's going to love it there. Brogan with distance be. school. You would fit in at Dartmouth. They're very fraternal there. Yeah. Not that Brogan's fraternal, but they're very fraternal in like, the way that they all. A lot of post collegiate OTQ runners. Yeah. You know, that's true. Um, just a hard work in school. You know, one. quiet guys. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Max next. I put oh gosh, see I I just added it right now and I don't like it. So I want you to say yours and I might change it. I put I put Max as Bama just because I wanted to say I'll Bama. Bama. <laughs> I could see Max just I mean just using a frat. You know, All right. So. I could see Max at Texas saying them then. There you go. Just pure college town. Oh, he's just put pure college every town. single weekend. Yep. I put U V A at first, but that's a, another cop out one. So All right. Um like I did for Turkey last week, I put Joan and Mark together again. Oh, okay. Would you want to go? No, you go. I put them separately. Okay. Uh well, now I feel bad for putting them together. Uh I put I put UVA, and that was low-hanging fruit, but yeah. I think they're just, you know, tried and true Virginia ends. I feel like if anyone was going to run that program better than Vin, it's uh it's it's the Hunters. You'd say there would be the coaches. Yeah. Okay. I picked them running there. Yes, like- that too. I put Marcus Wisco. Nice. Mark is so Wisco. Wisco. That is and that is through and through. And through. And through. Yeah. That is a very good one. Yeah, I that like that good. one. And I put Joan as NAU because you know she's getting a kinesiology degree and just <laughs> breaking more masters world records. Nice, nice. <laughs> so some heavy hitters there yeah. for the coaches. All right, Austin. I put Cal Baptist University <laughs> because it was the only school I put Cal Poly. It was the only school that was D two. Yeah. <laughs> I transferred to D one recently on I, mean, I couldn't like not pick a D two school yeah. for Austin. Yeah. Uh I put Cal Poly just because uh Van Hoy. Yeah. Good weather. John I feel Blair, like, I feel like he would just be Frank in 800, yeah. 1500s under oh, Van God. Hoy there. So yeah. I went with that. Uh so this one's kinda of funny now that I'm reading it is Antonio I put Iona and it's like Antonio Iona. They look exactly the same. Letters are hard. Yeah, uh, stuff tough. Yeah. Um Iona, I put it for uh, for the foreign aspect. Yeah, that was my low hanging fruit there. That's a low hanging fruit. Yeah, and you want to know and you know what? It's not even. There's no Spaniards that go to Iona. I know. You want to know where Spaniards go? NAU, Eastern Kentucky University. Nice. That is <laughs> so much better. That is so much better. All right, that is a wrap. We are now gonna welcome our guest here. Joey's gonna get out of here. He's got a shower. I'm gonna go home. Um. Yeah, he's gonna go walk down the hallway. Go home. Uh, before we get into the segment, I wanted to thank our sponsors, Pillar Performance. I got some right here, the Berry Magnesium. I take it every single night for my sleep, for my recovery, and so should you. 15% off your first order, Tin Talk at checkout. We were just talking about this before the podcast started off the mic that it genuinely makes you feel better the next morning after taking. Yeah, I finally got a nice little can of Pillar um, after five podcasts and uh, I felt great the next day after taking my magnesium. I don't realize it, but when I feel sore and things aren't going well and I'm going to wake up and I know I'm going to be sore, I take some Pillar Mm -hmm. and it actually does, I feel a tangible difference. And that's something that I cannot say about a lot of supplements I have taken and even endorsed in the past. Yeah, But this product is legit. Tin Talk, 50% off, get on it, stocking stuffer for the runner in your life, really appreciate the support there, and thank you, Pillar, so much for getting this pod going. Let's welcome our guest now, Mark Hunter, to the podcast. All right, we are back, father of nine, Cleveland State legend, an OG duck, member of Athletics West, Boulder Boulder winner, NCAA All-American, two-time cross-country championships, world qualifier, owner of Nurgit the Dog, professional uh, runner, looks damn good in jean shorts. Welcome to the podcast, Mark Hunter. And currently, assistant coach of Tim Annalise. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sam. Thanks a lot. That was quite an introduction. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know why I just put professional in there. I was definitely supposed to put something in there about professional something. Um, Professional recruiter. Maybe I should put that in there, um, but I wanted to jump right in with asking you about professional running and what it looked like for you. Like I said in the introduction, you were a member of the one of the founding professional running teams out there, the Nike, was it Nike Athletics West? Athletics West, that's right. It was just Athletics West. That's right. That's so the only name. So Nike wasn't involved. Nike, no, Nike was the sponsor behind the team. Okay. And how did that formulate? How did that come about? And just tell to me about what the professional running landscape looked like in the 70s.
1: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it wasn't professional. If you were professional, you um, that means you would have accepted money um, from winnings. At, like, For example, the Boulder Boulder, first place when I won was $850. Yeah. And I couldn't take it. And the bank of Boulder, who sponsors the race... Mr. Bosley was offering me this money, and there, there are these people taking pictures, and everybody's standing around. I go, I can't take it. I can't take yeah. it. And uh, so, yeah, it was a truly 100% amateur sport back then. Um, but they brought the envelope and slid it under the door. Later. Oh, yeah. She heard that story. So, yes, <laughs> I got home after the race. And. And I saw this envelope sticking out from my welcome mat, underneath my welcome mat. Yeah. And I opened it up, and there was eight hundred and fifty dollars in cash. And I, I was so broke at the time that <laughs> I succumbed to. Don't ask, don't tell. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, hopefully, I don't have to give it back now.
0: Yeah. Now. Now that we've uh, exposed you.
1: Right. On the podcast. So. So yeah, I was strictly amateur, and um, so we did everything for the love of the sport, and usually you had one probably olympic attempt because you had to get a job mm-hmm. and you had to make money and you had to support if you had a family oh my gosh i can't imagine how rough that would have been the guys when i lived in boulder at the time th- and we're talking about the nineteen eighty trials which um, were boycotted by the u.s anyway not
0: imagine that like, yeah like the motions that you must have gone through just knowing that they're just, just way out of your power. Just wait, yeah. and then and
1: we already knew going going into the Olympic trials that, but you in the back of your mind, I know for me, um, the incentive was, this isn't really going to happen. They're really not going to boycott. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to happen. So go to the trials and try to make the team, mm-hmm. and let the chips fall where they may. But I knew that was my last chance. Wow. If you know, if that because like I said, I was broke. I was working as a maid. I was delivering pizzas. It was, and this was in Eugene. No, this was in Boulder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 1979, 1980.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Those odd jobs uh, is something that I feel very fortunate about that I don't have to do that. But I do know that's something we talked about with like Morgan Pearson when he first started running professionally. That you know he was working at Macy's and he was doing odd jobs to like make it work. You know. So there's definitely a lot of that hustle and grinding that still happens in the professional landscape. So it is very interesting to hear that that's something that you dealt with in Boulder. And that's something that, you know, a lot of runners that currently deal with, you know, we have guys on the team that are, you know, doing part-time jobs and doing whatever it takes to make this a reality. So it's crazy that all those years have gone by and it is still, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of in that same sort of like system. I want to, uh, there's this epic picture that I think Drew probably posted of is you were fourth and you were sixth, correct? Uh, fourth my junior year, sixth my senior year. Right. And uh, there's the this epic picture that I love that we'll share here uh, for those watching on YouTube. And... It's you in the Cleveland State uniform. It's in the snow. You know, there's like tons of guys wearing full thermal, you know, basically looks like they're wearing like sweatpants almost underneath their running shorts, mm-hmm. you know. And you see Salazar in the iconic, you know, Oregon kit, you know, next to you. Uh, talk to me about that race. And cross country was kind of your bread and butter, right? Um,
1: Yes, it, it just happened. I didn't think I would ever be uh a, a outstanding cross. I was recruited as an 800 meter runner, believe it. The, or not, and I um because you ran 414 in high school I ran four yeah 414 of was full mile yeah of course and then but I could run a sub 50 400 nice. and back when I raced in high school you could only do two events so every single race I ran the mile came back in the four by four yeah. well four by 440 yards yeah so the mile relay um so I never I, I ran one eight hundred my whole senior year. Yeah. And uh yeah, so what was so, that ranked? Sorry, real quick. What what were you ranked in high school? I didn't Before, I was seen my I was such a novice I had no idea what I was ranked, um, time wise. Really? Yeah. And in fact there was there was something that was called the um it was it was where Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, and Illinois had really? there was a post season race with cool. those schools. And I i was done with running. I did not want to run after the state meet. Wow. And so I never went to that race. No way. And I regret it to this day because I would have liked to see how I stacked up against, you know, at least state champion. And they were only state champions. If you didn't go, Ohio didn't take you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They didn't take second place.
0: Yeah. And it was the quad quad meet. That's so audience. cool. I would have loved, you know, to do a dual meet with, like, New Jersey, yes, Maryland, yes, or any, yes. like, state neighboring us. I know, like, uh, Oregon and University of, like, Washington, you know, they do a that bigger clash. That's, yeah. like, one of the coolest cross-country races. But um, sorry I interrupted you. Go on then. Yeah, where was I? About the cross-country question. Um,
1: oh, yeah. So that the race you're talking about was my senior year, and I had been fourth the year before, and I was, I, I went into that race thinking, I'm going to win. Hmm. I'm going to win. I was in Who great shape. Who the top dogs? Uh, well, Henry Roto was coming back. But Henry, I don't know what happened to Henry. I think he finished 100 and something. Wow. Um, but Salazar, Chapa, um, there were four or five Kenyans. I mean, we were always racing Kenyans. Uh, in fact, the year before, when I got fourth, there were, with a half mile to go, it was me and three Kenyans. Nice and uh, so we were all. I was always used to running against uh, Kenyans at the national level, and um, so the race, um, the race. It was it was perfect temperature for me. It was (laughs) race day was like twenty eight degrees and it was snowing. Right, you said there was snow on the ground. It was snowing. Yeah, and at about four and a half miles, there were a group of six of us. And Salazar just took off and I could, I could tell everybody was like a little tentative and they, they were kind of looking around at each other like, should, should we go with him? Yeah. And I thought, what is he doing? You know, I thought he's crazy. Yeah. He can't do this. Yeah. I mean, and he took off and no one went after him. And to this day, I regret and I
0: felt so good in that race. I re- still thinking about it. I st- I think about it next time you see Salazar, you should tell him, hey, I'm still thinking <laughs> about that move you made in that sub Yeah, but I was so frustrated, and then
1: with you know 200 meters ago, I realized that it was it was winter bust for me that day, and I just backed off, and I and which is something I would be so mad at if my runners just you know I could have gotten second, yeah, which is pretty cool, um, but I. I went into the race. I was just so focused on winning the race. And because of a tactical mistake, I didn't, not saying I would have won, but not putting myself in that position to win was that, that stayed with me. In, in fact, I had dreams about me actually going with Salazar and out kicking him. Wow. And I'd wake up thinking, oh, I won. And, you know, it was, it was, it was very frustrating.
0: Oh, yeah. So, I can't, I can't imagine being in the position of the only thing I can even remotely compare to like me thinking about it so much was I was obsessed in college with just being an all-american in cross country. And it was my only goal throughout all of college and I fell short and I was, you know, 50th and I was, you know, in the top 20 through 8k, you know, three times probably. And I never could hold myself together. And I thought after that cross race for going into that indoor track season, I wanted to just be done so badly because that was my only thing I thought that I was going to lay, you know, like on my deathbed was cross country All-American. That's the only damn thing. I And get doing. up on the get up on the wall of North Carolina State. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And that's that that is actually the root of it is because in our law, lo- oh, absolutely in our locker room, oh, I've been there American. Yes, I've been there a couple times. all across our locker room. And man, like that was the biggest, the best thing a coach can do is put those plaques in the locker room. Definitely. Because sometimes you put them in the hallway, or you put them in the Hall of Fame, like far away. Ours were up inside our locker room, and I wanted so badly to be able to come back one day and see it. And I have a plaque up there, luckily, from the track. But for some reason, cross country is all I cared about. You know the track stuff. No, I it get, almost feels like it I doesn't it. count for me. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that's that is an awesome story. So one of my favorite stories from what I've heard is that, and it speaks to kind of. The same reason why Joey puts you as Wisconsin, I think, is because we view Wisconsin as a very hard nose, put your head down put-your-head-down-and-get-the-work-done type of place, and that's kind of the spirit that the stories that I've heard from you running at Kent State and Cleveland State. And uh, talk to me about, I know you lived in a house with a lot of other runners, and you guys would run. 10k in the morning and 10k in the afternoon was typically a normal training day for you guys. Uh can you tell me about the house you lived in and the famous story that now I've heard several times but our audience has to hear it now also. I'm not sure what story that they- uh about how you guys would determine who got the hot water. Oh my gosh, I have to tell that story. It's so embarrassing. Um
1: yeah, I thought Joan was going to divorce me after she heard this story. <laughs> so, uh, I lived in house With uh, six guys, we had three sets of bunks in one room. It's a
0: full-on hostel. (laughs) Full-on hostel, yes. Um, What was rent? Do you remember what the rent was? Rent was $25
1: per guy. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. Again, this is back in the late 70s. You can't get a full Chipotle order for (laughs) now it
0: is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess not. Um, But, yeah, lived a great bunch of guys. Most, Almost all of them are still my friends today and um that's pretty cool so we would get up every morning and we had this course that the only grass in cleveland we would run what's called the marginal road it was right on the lake so the winds were usually awful so we always ran west first to take in the wind uh initially and then we had the wind to our back and some of those runs were just incredibly fast because we, had, we didn't have a shower. We had a one bathtub. And you think of how long it takes to run a 10K and say we were running really fast, so maybe, I don't know, 34 minutes. So sure. we would turn <laughs> on the water before we left on the run. First guy back got the warm water. The <laughs> second guy got the water that the first guy yeah. just bathed in. Sure. Third guy... Because we had six of us, mm. he took the next um, bath after you know the previous two guys, and then the next three guys rained the tub because they had later classes, and then they had to go in order of their finish. <laughs> so they they went they went through the same. I can't believe I'm telling the story, um, but yes. So it was. It was a mad rush, especially the last half mile That's if brilliant. we were still together. Never came to fists or anything. Never came to fists. We understood, we understood. We, we were all good friends. And, um, so and, and some day, some mornings I would go, oh my gosh, I just don't have it. And yeah. I would just, I would just say, okay, I'm doomed for the third
0: bath. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it was cold. It, you know how the water, when you've been in a while and there's soap in there, it looks gray and you see hair floating on it, mm. <laughs> you still, it, you didn't want to go to class because you would be in oh, class yeah, all day, yeah, all sweaty and stinky. Oh, no, it was brutal. Brutal. So, yes, and it, it took
0: that long for the, for the, yeah. the really, really, really makes me appreciate the 20 nozzle shower heads we all got, <laughs> warm showers after every single run at NC State. It definitely makes me yeah, uh, take that for granted. I never took, you know, group showers in college are, are a sacred thing, you know, being able to do that with your teammates and uh, do all sorts of stupid stuff. Shout out Andrew Colley and Craig Ingalls and those guys that uh, never made uh, the the showers a dull moment. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think one of the other, like, things that I love to hear about is um, you want Boulder Boulder. And it's so cool to hear And to have like a true, you know, people like talk about like OGs and things like that, you know, but like you were truly like, uh, you trained professionally in Boulder and you won the Boulder Boulder race. You know, there's not too many other things you can do in Boulder, uh, that will be respected by the community than win the Boulder Boulder race. I know we talked about, you know, like the prize money and you being an amateur and all that, um, but tell me a little bit about the race back then and I know this year you got to go back and tell me a little bit about that experience yeah.
1: well I got to go back and and be in the VIP lounge upstairs in 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 uh, Folsom Stadium so that was pretty cool and of course Frank was there and uh, a lot of the a lot of the past winners and uh yeah just watching it from there it's so different from when I I thought when I finished we finished in Boulder High School Stadium. Oh, did you? Okay. And I couldn't believe the number of people there. Yeah. And then when I saw this year, 30 or 40,000 people. Gosh,
0: it's it cool. was
1: unbelievable. Yeah. And the roar, I've been to several college football games, and the roar that went up when um, the leader came through. I think it was Connor, didn't Connor win? Yeah, Connor, kind of yeah. Came through the stadium was, uh, I got chills. Yeah. I got chills. Um, but m- it, in 1980, um, I had run so I was working at the bank Frank Frank Shorter got me a, a job That was my next question is tell Yeah Frank Shorter you. got me a job at the Bank of Boulder because he heard I was delivering pizzas and working as a maid Yeah, <laughs> and he said no you can't do that you can't do yeah. that and so um, so the president of the Bank of Boulder Mr. Bosley said I wasn't planning to run and I'll, I'll explain why I wasn't going to race um, the Boulder Boulder in, in 80 um, he said, Mark, I really want you to race the race. And I said, Well, I'm running a five K in Knoxville, Tennessee on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get back until Sunday afternoon and then the race is Monday morning. And I said, Listen, I, if I do jump in the race, um, I'm not gonna I you know, I'm gonna be tired. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be <laughs> there's not gonna be anything left in the yeah. Sure, yeah, sure. To, to uh to finish and, and and go after the win. And he's that's okay. Um, all, everyone at the bank knows you and they just want, they just want to cheer you on. Yeah. And I know you're going to be up front, uh, anyway, and that, that will be, uh, you know, a big, uh, boost a morale boost for our, you know, our employees. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll do that. So went and ran a terrible 5k in Knoxville, Tennessee <laughs> <laughs> and came back to Boulder and I get up a Sunday morning and go, oh my gosh, why did I promise this? So race starts and I said I'm just going to hang back I'm very very conservative and the race goes on uh 5k I felt so good and I went well let's pick it up and I kept every every mile every half mile every mile I kept picking it up and I had no idea what place I was in that's how far back it was <laughs> yeah I must have had a massive So you'd of- start on the front line no, well, I started on the front line, but I let the I let him go. You yeah. know, like Frank and Steve Placencia, who mm-hmm. was a two-time 10K Olympian, let him go, and then we're running along, and I just kept passing guys and passing guys, and finally I got up to Steve, and I said, Steve, what place are you in? And he goes, he used to call me Marco. He said, he said, "You shouldn't have told, Marco, you should have told us that." Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be oh no, Nick Man on the team, Coach Marco. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> so Steve uh, says, "Marco, you're in first. Go for it, man. I'm toast." Yeah, and I went. I couldn't believe it. And this was like probably a three quarters of a mile or a mile to go. And I, like I said, I felt so good, and I just hammered it. And like I said, we finished in Boulder, Boulder High School Stadium. Um. Went by my apartment. That was on, I think it's 17th Street. mm mm-hmm. um, But I ran by my apartment and into the stadium. And I just... I have no idea how I was able to do that. Um, I always... When I lived in Boulder, I always raced well at altitude. Yeah. But I never... Like, the guys I would beat at altitude would always beat me when we went down to sea level. So, then, of course, this race was at altitude. So, yeah, I was in my, you know, the, the environment I seem to excel at. So yeah, that's
0: the story. And then nice. um, So, so what was like, talk to me about, you know, training in Boulder during that time period. Like, do you remember where you guys would do your training? And can you talk to me a little bit about like how training was structured? You know, today in training, there's You know double threshold running there's you know like hill sprints uh you know the mileage that everyone runs like can you kind of give us a little breakdown of what the training regiment looked like for you then well first of all i didn't have a coach
1: i was my coach um second of all i discovered trails and so i i ran the mesa trail probably three times a week
0: really yes
1: um so I'd, qual- I'd uh, qualified for the Olympic trials in 1980 in the five and the 10. And I decided to go for the five and I ran one track workout to prepare for that because mm. I enjoyed running the trails and especially the, the single track, ruddy, rocky, rooty mm. trails, you know, um, up in the mountains, you know, up in the, the foothills, just absolutely fell in love with that. And I couldn't. I couldn't pull myself away from that to do a track workout. And um, we would often have 12 to 15 guys um, training together. Somebody would make a call, and we would all, you know, say, we'll be there. Um, Did doubles probably every day except for Sunday. Um, Was Frank was... Usually, you know, Frank Shorter was usually there on any any number of runs with us. And I think the thing that was unique, most unique back then is, like, the teams now. Um, we pretty much have one athlete per event, per country, right? I mean, Ann's kind of, uh, oh, oh, she's kind of set up like that. No. We're kind of a little bit set up like that. I was training with guys, and we were all five. 5K, 10K guys, that I was going to have to compete against every every meet and then to try to make the Olympic team. But they were the guys I trained with every yeah. day. Wow! And so I think that was quite unique, and we rooted for each other. And um, if I didn't make the team or win a race, those guys were the ones I wanted to, you know, to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have been probably not as happy as if I had won, but I would have been just... Uh, over the moon because they were su- such a good group of guys, and we were, we got very close, did everything together. Um, but there was no, I had no structured training at all, and a lot of these guys didn't. A lot of these guys didn't have coaches either, hmm. and they would they would, you know, call me up and say, "Hey, what are you going to do today?" So was there a guy that kind of everyone? No, no, there was not a leader. Um, we. You know, somebody would come up, would make up a workout, and, and, like, the guys would all say, yeah, we like that workout. We're going to do it with you. Okay. Um, But there was nothing, there was no guidance, no, you know, Frank, Frank was, you know, running marathons, and so he, he kind of had his own, he would train with us, but then, you know, he'd go out for another 10 miles later that afternoon. Yeah. And <laughs> so... It, um so what was your mileage like weekly mileage typically? yeah it, it was a it was a hundred probably a average a hundred to 110 okay and like I said it was two days a week I mean sorry two times a day except for Sundays I ran usually like a 17 miler on Sundays and um Sundays after, afternoons were just the best time of the week
0: yeah so mags in Rollinsville like those up high runs weren't really a thing no no right? yeah, we did them you did. Oh yeah, we yeah. did them. Wow. I don't.
1: I don't remember what they were called. Yeah. But and it was every Sunday. Somebody would say, "Hey, we're going to," and I and I would say, "I'll be there." Okay. Yeah. I remember. I can remember running. And it had snowed, and I had I was so dehydrated before the run even started. I remember um, scraping off a of fence post and. Yeah taking the snow because i was so dehydrated and we're running at what eight nine thousand feet Uh you know all those places um but didn't know the names Mm -hmm. of those places just knew that you know we were up higher and it was a lot harder (laughs) yeah and um yeah and and another thing is we always ran how we felt so you could at any any time you could have somebody feeling well, and they would take off, and yeah. it was up to you to decide. Okay, do you want to hammer and, it out? Do I feel macho today? Have some cheese mo and, yeah. and go go with them or go after them? And
0: some days it was like just don't have it. So what was uh, what was fueling like? Was it like like in the during these runs? Was it like I know now like today during a workout we're like talking about like we have to take these gels and do this and there's all this stuff behind it like did you guys do any of that or nothing not nothing um I never
1: never had a drink on any run I did that I can remember yeah
0: and, and then what about uh equipment like what did you guys train in like shoes wise like so my
1: my first pair of running shoes was uh, Adidas Gazelles, which are mm-hmm. now my le- leisure shoes, which I'm wearing right now. Nice. Um, <laughs> but um, you ran in whatever. I know Nike gave me shoes, so I ran in Nikes. I don't remember. I remember the Nike countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. They were white with green stripes. Um, I wore, they were called Tokyos
0: oh, yeah, at that. T- yeah.
1: Um, that that that
0: was my spike. Yeah, okay. Geiger gave me like some shoe books in college. So, I, oh my you know, god, I do know some good shoe history. So it was wh-
1: whatever you could come up with, whatever you could purchase, get for free, um, whatever you know. Jim Ryan had worn, uh, whatever you know, the guys yeah. that came before you were wearing, and but I wore anything anything it was for free i wore so i mm-hmm. there wasn't one particular brand or one particular shoe i consistently trained in gotcha. or or raced in
0: gotcha um so i wanted to switch gears a little bit now on now that we got a good feel of what you know running was like in the 70s and early 80s for you uh, i wanted to now to fast forward a little bit to for those of you that don't know um Mark was one of the coaches at Loudon, Loudon? Loudon Valley. Loudon Valley, um, multiple time national championships in all sorts from cross country to the track to four by miles. And then coming on as the head coaches of Tin Man Elite. And one of your biggest responsibilities here is to recruit for Tin Man Elite. And We are allowed to talk about this because when this podcast is announced next week, we will have announced some of these new members of the team. And I just wanted to talk to you about them briefly uh, as individuals. Uh, But I first wanted to ask, what is it like recruiting in this current professional running landscape? How hard is it? How do you go about it? Hmm
1: well, um, I'll just say that probably had one of the lowest points of at least during my ten men tenure so mm-hmm. two two plus years now of last year we thought, and you know you, you you know this too we thought we had three athletes um that were going to join the club, join the team, I'm sorry, and um they got better financial deals elsewhere mm-hmm. and so I realized that oh my gosh, I gotta think out of the box recruiting for us. Um, We're we at Adidas club we do get money from Adidas, but a lot of that goes to travel and and you know just getting those athletes to their physios and and you know making sure they have a good weight program. So we don't have a lot of money for just raw recruiting mm-hmm. and I, it's not like I can offer you know an athlete. Um, you know, $50,000 a year to join. Mm -hmm. And so, um, with that said, though, everything else about coming here to Boulder, um, being part of this team is a positive. Um, it's the financial thing that has been the most frustrating thing for me. Mm -hmm. And so working with, um, we have, um, an advisory group, which you're part of, and I'm part of, that makes decisions on any recruit, okay? Uh, I go out recruit, uh, and recruit um, and present the athletes to to what is called the TAG, a Tin Man Elite Advisory Group, and then we discuss the athlete, and I give the reasons why I think they should be a uh, featured Tin Man, and... I know you the team has been really generous with money um probably not as generous as other teams but the combination of this would be a great place to be um and people actually um I think like the husband-wife combination coaching combination Mm -hmm. and kind of the you know maybe you know you being a, being a dad or a mom sometimes, you know, and
0: think athletes like that. um, I mean, that's what I tell recruits, you know, is like, I tell recruits all the time that I'm like, look, like there's a lot of programs where you're going to get very hands-off training. You're going to get tough love. It's a lot of like, pull your sleeves up yourself and figure it out, you know, and that's something that I think is very unique is, and it's draining for you guys for sure. Um, but it is one of your biggest intangibles is that you guys bring TLC, tender loving care to each athlete. Um, you know that's the only way you and Coach Hunter are programmed is to care for people. You know you guys are both so empathetic, and there's no other option for you guys. Even if you guys wanted to be more just cut and dry with training. Well, thanks for saying that, Sam. That's is very nice. Um, with that
1: said, um, I want this team to be on podiums. I want PRs that people look at and go, oh my gosh. Um, I still have that. I'm still very competitive, you know, and then so I still want to have championships won. I want to, I'm going to do things like, you know, win the cross cross country national. I want things like going for the world record in the four by mile relay. Um, And, and of course, I, like I said, I want podium finishes for our athletes. So, but we have to recruit a better caliber of athlete, um, and younger caliber, right? So we can, um, so they can mature with us, um, athletically mature with us. For sure. Um, because I know in our program in Loudoun Valley, we took a freshman, freshman kids and we were going, okay, we're building them for four years. Yep. I don't care what they do this year. And our freshmen ran so little, but we kept them injury free. We did a lot of non-running stuff, and you know, by the time they were seniors, they were, um, you know, getting scholarships to Division One programs. And so we we have the philosophy of working um, with the athlete for long over an extended period of time, and. And as you know, we're very collaborative coaches too. So that's attractive to some athletes. Other athletes just want to, they want to, they don't want to have anything to do with their training. They just want to be told every day what to do. Yeah. We're not like that. So this is not the place for that athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you've come from a collaborative program and it worked for you, then this is going to be the place. Or you you did come from a program where you were told every day what to do and you want to be, you um, you want to have more say in your, in your training, then yeah, this is, you know, 10 man elite's place for you. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right. So let's break it down. So let's just focus. I don't want to give them all the recruits away that we have coming in, but since we have some racing this weekend, let's focus on the two new athletes, male and female that are racing for 10 man elite for the first time in the Adidas 10 man elite kits. Right. Um,
1: so the, f- the first one, the first athlete, so we've signed three athletes af- on um, um, my, my recruiting was um, focused on five athletes. So Anthony Camareri was the first one to sign. He went to Miami, Ohio for four years, did his, or three years, when his last is currently, I'm sorry, um, competed last year for Ole Miss. And then he's in a master's program, PT program at Ole Miss right now. Um, and the more... Research I did on him, I thought, "Oh my gosh, what a huge upside this kid has!" Um, A couple huge relay legs Mm -hmm. that no one, that very few people know about. He's a thirteen twenty-six guy, and but he's run a a couple of three fifty-four, you know, mile relay splits. And I went, "Why isn't anyone going after this kid?" Yeah, and so, and Anthony actually, and that's the the unique thing about the five athletes. That were we recruited this year, where they all came to Tin Man first. They said, "Hey, w- what are the opportunities with you guys to train? Come to Boulder, train with the hunters, join the team."
0: Yeah, and so um, and that's I, huge for us. It is that goes such a long way. Is when you take the initiative to come to us, I think that is the most surefire way to start that initial spark. Right, and I know I know you guys mentioned
1: that yeah. before. Like every every guy in the team currently came to you. You guys didn't reach out to them right. necessarily. It was them reaching to you, out to you. So I wanted to kind of carry on that philosophy, and so then it, then it became you know building a relationship and then finding a way to get him mm-hmm. get Anthony here, mm-hmm. and it just it worked out. We um, I worked on getting him an internship. At high school here uh to to um uh internship at, in you know in physical therapy and and we were you know, that the our advisory group came up with the team came up with uh, some money to give him and so um and he really really wanted to come and it was just a, a kind of a perfect storm and i sure i think anthony's got like i said a lot of upside
0: yeah absolutely anthony from what i could gather from like his recruiting visit is like he's gonna be such a workhorse when it comes to the sense of the word when it's like you're never gonna have to track him down to make sure he's doing what he has to do you know like i think he's very type a when it comes to getting his work done you know like uh he cross trains a ton like we know he doesn't run high mileage but to be able to have the work ethic to swim or bike for those hours that he is putting in a week like it certainly takes a certain type of person and a certain type of work ethic and i know you love having an ohio boy here you know on the team now so Mm -hmm. i know you're excited about that and then we also have a female runner debuting in the 5k this weekend talk to me a little about her what are her intangibles and yeah why katie yeah katie camarina right at
1: portland state um Set out last year she her eligibility was her ncaa eligibility was up sat out last year and had an unbelievable season um traveling back and forth from california to arizona and training and uh again talking to her about her training talking about the stress of i mean she she you know it's like a lot of a lot of you guys you you were broke you know and you're taking a chance on yourself mm-hmm. and very exciting uh um, post-collegiate first year for her, and we're thinking, oh my gosh, this girl has a lot of upside. Mm-hmm. And again, she reached out to us, and you know, we started the um the relationship. And I think she she really enjoyed you know the the the, the thought of maybe having a female female coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think she has a lot of upside. And both her and like you said, Fern Anthony will be running in Boston, um, the Saturday. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Awesome. Um, yeah. Katie, how did you break out? What were her PRs this past year? Do you remember? Well, the one that set out was the 406th. Um, mm-hmm. and she's,
1: I think she'd admit that she's not a, a 1500 girl, so a miler. So that, that's what caught my eye. And then pushing the envelope on a, you know, a, a 15 teens, um, or she, I shouldn't say pushing the envelope. She's already there for a 5k. And she really didn't train for a 5K. and But going forward, I think 5K is going to be her event.
0: Nice. Awesome. Really excited um, to have Katie and Anthony join the team, along with a few others that we'll announce later on uh, once they get out here and we finalize all of that. Uh, I wanted to finish off the podcast with a quick bit. I wanted to hear what your Mount Rushmore of people that you have raced against in your career so you have to pick four people that would be on your supposed mount rushmore you know what i mean and that it doesn't have to be the four best people it could be the most influential person in the sport that you race against or a person that impacted you in a way like who are the four people that up to you that you'd etch in stone on a wall and say i've competed against these four people oh man so um
1: I would have to say that Henry Rono beat nice. against him. Uh, the the thought that I was racing a guy that... So my junior year, I got fourth in the NCAA Cross. Henry won by a huge amount. And that, that following summer, he would go on to break four track world records. And I, I was just amazed by him. And the, I was so blessed to just run in the same race with him. And I thought about that because there was a big controversy back when we were running and because there were so many Af- African runners and so many foreign runners, um, that, you know, like I was, I was fourth my junior year and I was the only American in the top eight. Wow. So, um, so there's some controversy back then. I didn't look at it like that. I looked at it like when, where would I get a chance to run against a guy like that yeah. or the other Kenyans and. Um, Irishmen, yeah. Englishmen that were you know running against, and
0: it's, it's funny. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, it's funny because in our last podcast we talked about the foreign influence on the NCAA right now, and something that I said is this is not anything new. It's it's maybe more. There's more, you know. There's like, uh, yeah, they're filling out full teams now, um, but that's nothing new. And it's yeah, it's refreshing to hear that. Um, and it's unfortunate that people still to this day are complaining, you know, mm-hmm. because yes, it might have an All-American as the title, but it is so far from a just an American league or anything like, to that degree. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it
1: would have been an NCAA champion, yeah. you know, without the foreigners. But mm-hmm. I, I thought I, I just thought it was so cool yeah. to against guys from oh, across the world. Henry like yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry Rale. um Another guy I looked up to was Alberto Salazar um just because the grittiness the grind of that guy um as an athlete was just amazing and you'd hear stories about workouts and and then when i joined athletics west he we were on the second um second class i'll call it of athletics west athletes and okay the first class had somewhat i don't want to say failed but it, the coach uh there was an issue with the coach they fired him and they they actually dropped a lot of their athletes, mm-hmm. but they wanted to keep you know that that uh, somewhat pro uh, style alive because they wanted to give post collegiate athletes you know a shot at the next Olympic games. And but so so Alberto and I were on that second in that second class together, and oh my gosh, I swear every workout the guy hammered. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I had like I said I, I ran based on how I felt so there were days when I felt terrible so I I'd back off and and he wouldn't he wouldn't I was just amazed by that and and, and you know I know there's a lot of controversy around him now but he was a great guy that back then great teammate. Mm-hmm. yeah um always we ask him a question ask him for advice he was free to give it um so yeah uh third um Big, big name. I probably have to say Frank just for what he did for American running. Him and Bill Rogers kind of go together. Nice. Bill and I run a, a world cross country team together. And oh my gosh, what a great guy. Yeah, You know, we, we'd we get up in the morning and he liked to play cards, which I, I'd love to play cards. Yes, nice. so. We get up in the morning. I remember going on, we were uh, in Scotland for the world cross championships and we get up in the morning and run 10 miles. My day was done. Mm-hmm. He would go back and he would he would want to play cards, play yeah. cards. He'd sleep for two hours, get up and go for another ten mile run. And I was saying, mm, how does he do that? Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and and we just traveled, yeah, you know, from the States to Right wherever the world champ you know, cross championships were that year. And so he was another guy and what him and Frank did for did for running in the US was incredible. Mm-hmm. And not just the um The better athletes, but also just the novice and uh, people who had never run before. My final guy you've never heard of, his name is Larry Splash Coy. Okay. He's the guy responsible for me running so fast in college. I trained with him over the summer every day. We started runs at nine o'clock and we run through a forest. Um, It was in the Cleveland Metro Park system and very dangerous. Um, exhilarating Um, and without exception every night every weekday night I would run with him and Larry went out he ran at a, a Division 3 school Baldwin Wallace and outside of Cleveland um, but Larry was at the same time where he had a full time job you aren't going to believe this when I say all this full time job had a wife and a kid another one on the way um, running 100 miles a week and going to college. Wow. He was doing all that. And then he was training with me. Jeez. And he put me through the ringer several times. And he went on to be a F-14 pilot. And he got his name Splash, or his his call name Splash, because he crashed off the front of an aircraft carrier. He only yeah. got, only um, Marine pilot, I'm sorry, Navy pilot, sorry. Sorry, Splash. Uh. Um, Navy pilot to survive a crash off the front of an aircraft carrier. So, wow. Yeah. That's but he, he, in so many ways, is an inspiration to me um and still to this day, uh, one of my best friends. yeah,
0: so, that is a that is a great Mount Rushmore. I will share mine too uh, for the sake of the pod. I will say mine is might pretty similar, see. you don't mine is see. okay. all right. Uh, thanks for the cop out. Uh, i mine are very similar to yours actually, and it's 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 funny how. This is typically how Mount Rushmore's go, and it's why it's such a great question is because it typically is a diverse group of people, you know, that you end up getting, whether it's for the influence they had on you, like Larry, um, or the impact they had on the sport as a whole, uh, or for their just absolute excellence in the sport. And mine are very similar to embodying those things where I see uh, Joshua Cheptegei being my first, mm. uh, being a two-time you know world record holder in the 10K and 5K, just a transcendent figure. Uh, haven't got to race Kipchoge yet, so uh, I don't think I will be able to, but Cheptegei is a pretty cool one. Uh, I have this story from Worlds that I'll forever cherish. Before the world final, um, before I got to race him in the 5K, I saw him in the lobby. Uh, we were on the same floor together and he was drinking tea by himself just staring out the window and i'm also have my tea you know uh maybe not as much sugar as the africans love to put in their drinks before their races but uh i like walked by and i was like you know this is the best runner in the world right now you know what i mean and like i just decided to go down and like say hello and introduce myself and i sat down next to him and we had an amazing conversation that I'll always cherish. And uh, the funny moment of the conversation that I like telling is that he was like, so what, what are you here for? And I said, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm racing you tonight. You know, I'm racing you today. Uh, and he was like in 5,000 meters. And I was like, yep, 5k finals tonight. <laughs> and he just put his hand on my, uh, <laughs> on my shoulder and was like, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. And he had no idea who I was or that I was in the final thing, but it was still uh, a very funny moment that he had no idea who I was, even though we were racing together that day. Uh, I certainly knew who he was. Uh, Jakob, I've raced him so many times now through the European circuit. Um, He definitely has the, maybe not the impact on uh, American running the way Frank did, uh, but he certainly has a tremendous impact, you know, in Norway and is transcendent in europe and in any race he is the one that's selling tickets right now Mm. more so than i think maybe anyone in the sport uh on the distant side of course where if he's racing people are watching and he's chasing world records like no other and we've had a lot of interactions now waiting in the call rooms together you know me asking about all his little tattoos and uh wedding day planning and things like that so uh i consider him a friend now and uh it's that's that's very cool that I get to race him when I do. Uh, I've definitely followed him, shadowed him in a few races that have brought me to some of my best performances. So uh, the, I, the third one was really hard for me where, and maybe I just didn't spend enough time thinking about it, but I decided to put in Josh Kerr as my third um, also because I've raced him several times and it wasn't just like one, a one-off thing, like Chep guy maybe, where I've actually gotten to beat Josh Kerr in a 5k a few times. So I have that little sense of pride, you know, with that relationship I have with him. And I do think that the words that he's speaking now in podcasts and like the way that he is presenting himself to the sport, I really think so many people are looking up to him. And I think that by the time his career is over, He will be on that Mount Rushmore through and through. I mean, he already is deserving, um, I think, and that's why I put him on after beating Jakob for a gold medal. And then um, my fourth one, I really went back and forth on this one too. Uh, I ended up putting uh, Evan Yeager on there as my fourth one. Uh, I was also thinking about putting a teammate, you know, like Drew certainly is deserving uh, for giving me my shot at professional running. Um and for being there for me through it all and every mile. Now that I'm saying all that, I definitely think Drew should be the fourth one. Um <laughs> but uh I I'll stick with Evan Yeager just for the sake of uh he was the reason that I watched Diamond Leagues uh as a young runner. Yeah. And he was It was the American. Right. Yes, and you were yeah, I yeah, I, I found myself doing that too. Yeah, like any any and any, he had a chance. He had a chance at winning every Diamond League, you know, steeple Chase. he was in. Like, I was so invested in those races in college and uh, early on in high school even. And I just thought he was the coolest guy, you know, like I wanted his swagger. You know, I grew up my hair because of him, you know, like incredibly influential from afar, you know. And I've now gotten to meet him a few times. I got to run with him at Amos Batamaya's um, bachelor or er, you know, pre-wedding run in Portland. So, and I've gone to tell him, you know, and I have like a picture with him, like me and Evan, when I'm like a little kid, you know, when I was like a senior in high school, I got to like see him run and I was like, yes. That's my man. I get to, I get to do it. You know what I mean? So like I put him on the Mount Rushmore for being uh, one of my heroes in the sport as a young kid, you know, like, of course I would put pre-Fontaine, you know. Uh, Did you ever cross paths with pre, by the way? Uh, Never did. Okay. No, no. He uh, passed away in seventy. What? What? What year did he pass away? So it had to be seventy. So um, let
1: me think. I ran the my first my freshman year. I ran the NCAA cross country championships, and he did not run that year. Yeah. So he had already been out. So that was seventy four. Okay. So he must. Let me think. So when I was just thinking that maybe when you were at Oregon, you no, no, never, or never, never came across and never. Never, except on the TV, never saw him, yeah. you know, face to face. Or yeah. and now, now I'm a little, little younger than okay. he was. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, obviously, I mean, that's he is on the Mount Rushmore of running, runner, sure. yeah, right, of course, especially in the U.S. But mm-hmm. um, because I didn't know him and run against him, uh, yeah, it doesn't hold
0: the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, can't put them on list. Can't put them on that. Mm-hmm. Mark Cunners, Mount Rushmore. There you go. There you go. All right, Mark. Well, we could talk for ages about you know these old stories, and we'll definitely have you back on the pod. I'm sure all listeners are going to want to have you back on and dive into some of these stories deeper and hear some more. Uh, those are all golden, and I can't wait to share this episode. I know it's going to be one that people are going to cherish, and I know this conversation is one uh, my favorite so far, just because I learned so much and those are you know seeing all those old pictures and everything you know they are so cool and it's something that like you see still uh you see young runners and you know people in Boulder emulating that same sort of you know style that you guys all had then. so it's very cool to see and I appreciate it all the time and uh looking forward to the next time all right well thanks Sam yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in to Tin Talk Pod this was episode six Please like, comment, subscribe, all that great stuff. If you're still listening, you're a real one. Thank you so much. Check out Pillar. Thank you again. 50% off Tin Talk. Use code Tin Talk. We got the stuff right here Pillar Performance. You don't want to miss out on that. Cheers. Till next time.